Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, a huge division rivalry game this weekend for the Tennessee Titans as they head to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. What are the big game plan keys for the Titans on offense and defense? I'll go over them. Then we'll talk about the key player matchups to watch on offense and defense as well. Then I'll give my final summary of what I think this game will look like and who I think will win. So breaking down everything you need to know heading into a week four matchup against the Indianapolis Colts on today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. fans, it is a game preview edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. I'm going to be talking my game plan on offense and defense, my player matchups to watch as well before finalizing my game and score prediction. Before we get into it, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Brightco gives you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 per month. Check out your special offer for Locked On listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co slash locked on. That's bright.co slash locked on. Thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. If this is your first ever listen or you just haven't subscribed yet, make sure that you stay locked into the Locked On Titans podcast. I'm going to be putting out daily, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content on all platforms all year long for free, including on the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe there. Smash the notification bell and throw a thumbs up on the video right now if you want the Tennessee Titans to beat the Indianapolis Colts this weekend. With that being said, let's dive into my game plan notes here. We're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. And guys, I'm just going to put it out there. I had a weird feeling when I woke up on Wednesday and my idea of this game has changed after watching the tape of Sunday's game against the Raiders. The Titans, by far, have a more explosive offense. The Colts don't have the receiving options outside of Michael Pittman. They don't have the offensive line. Matt Ryan doesn't have, in my opinion, the playmaking ability or the arm strength for the Colts to match the Titans if it were to get into a shootout. Now, the odds are it's not going to be a shootout. But my point there is the Titans have a more explosive offense and Julian Blackman, one of the Colts' starting safeties, pretty good player there. He was a DMP two straight days in practice, which means they could be working with a Nicky Nicky, uh, rookie and Nick Cross. Um, Little Nicky, if you guys shout out to that. Uh, But they could be looking at a rookie safety in Nick Cross out of Maryland, and then a backup safety. The Titans have to find a way to make explosive plays on offense. That's what's going to get them back to good. They're going to be able to run the ball and then make explosive plays in the pass game. If the run game is slowed, which the Titans' run game has been slowed at times when they play Indianapolis, they have the second-best run defense in the NFL, and they don't even have uh, Shaq Leonard back. So the defense is going to be good in Indianapolis. But I think 
The Titans can attack the secondary more than they can attack the front seven. So I think the Titans have to find a way to make explosive plays in the passing game. That's what got them back in the game in week eight last year on Halloween. It's what's going to win it for them this week. The Titans have to find a way to make explosive plays in the pass game, win in the air. I think that's a real advantage that the Titans have in this game. Also, this is kind of a general theme for the Titans, but especially on offense, has to be a clean game. Last year we saw whichever team makes the most mistakes is the team that will lose this game. Penalties, turnovers. That's exactly what this game is going to come down to. The Titans have to be a cleaner team. If the Titans... The Colts can't score, okay? The Colts got one of their touchdowns last week because the Chiefs muffed a punt at like the four-yard line. The Colts' offense is not explosive. It won't be able to score enough points if the Titans don't give them the opportunities to score points. So no mistakes in special teams. No bad penalties. No turnovers on offense for the Titans. If the Titans play a clean, mistake-free game and the Colts play a clean, mistake-free game, I think the Titans win that game. So play a clean game and be explosive in the passing game on offense, on defense. This isn't going to shock anybody. The Titans have to stop the run. Like I said, I don't believe that the Colts have the ability to be explosive in the passing game. They don't have the personnel. They don't have the quarterback to do so. The only way that the Colts win this game is if they bludgeon the Tennessee Titans in the run game. And honestly, I'm super worried about, especially shotgun runs. Throughout the year, the Titans have been hit with shotgun runs where there's pin blocks on one side and they pull tight ends and offensive linemen from the opposite side of the line and they get on the Titans' edges, they get up on the Titans' linebackers, and they carve open holes. If the Titans don't have a good plan for going against the shotgun run game and the pulling linemen and tight ends of the Colts, It's going to be a long day, and the Giants just beat the Titans over the head in week one with those pull runs and those trap runs. So the Titans have to be ready for that. They have to slow that down. If they can slow down the run game, I simply don't expect the Colts to have another option. They don't have enough of an explosive passing attack to really stay with the Titans if they aren't running the ball Six yards per carry. Stop the run. And the Titans will win this game. Last year with Carson Wentz, last year with some of the passing options the Colts had, they had the ability to make some explosive plays. I don't see it now. So don't give them any opportunities. Play clean. Stop the run. And you'll be able to win because the Titans have a great red zone defense. They're eighth in the NFL. They've only given up seven touchdowns and 14 red zone opportunities. They're excellent on third down, giving up only 22.9% conversion rate on third down. That's second best in the NFL. So if the Colts just, if the Titans just make the Colts earn it, don't give up any explosive plays, don't let them kill you in the run game, there's just no way that the Titans will lose the game. Now, I'm asking a lot here, and I understand that, but if the Titans make explosive plays in the pass game, They play a clean game on offense and special teams and defense. They stop the run. I think they're going to be able to win this game. And I got to tell you guys, I think it's going to be a close game because I doubt the Titans can do all of that. But I woke up on Wednesday morning thinking the Titans may win this game by 10. 
I really think it's possible. The components are there. I know we don't feel like that right now, but the components are there for the Titans to run away with this one if they follow those game plan keys. But we're going to move forward, look at the individual matchups and individual player battles that I'm going to be looking for. We're going to start on the defensive side of the ball where I think there are some more battles that I'm a little bit worried about. Before we get into it, though, do want to tell you guys a little bit more about our title sponsor, Brightco. You guys have all heard horror stories about proposals where the guy drops the ring over the side of the yacht that he's proposing on, or you go to a big event like a sporting game and you lose the ring, it falls out of your pocket. Well, the guys at Brightco Jewelry Insurance will make sure that you get a replacement for the full value of that ring, no matter if it's lost, stolen, or you just can't figure out what happened to it. And Lord knows, if she says no, you just might not have a clue what happened to that ring, might want to get some value back for it. You can do that by going to bright.co slash locked on. It's the fastest, easiest, and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the building or in the business, in the building, in the building as well, in the jewelry insurance building. It's the best insurance there. But make sure that you go to bright.co slash locked on for the best jewelry insurance available. fans, we're going to continue this uh, game plan, game preview edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. But diving into these matchups, we're going to start on the defensive side of the ball. And I talk about the Colts offense and say that I don't think that they have the ability to be explosive in the passing game. Well, if I'm going to be wrong about that, if I'm going to be wrong about what the the Colts can do in the passing game is because Michael Pittman went off. The other options, rookie Alec Pierce, Ashton uh, Ashton Doolin, Mike Strawn, Des Patman, I mean, Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell has the lowest routes, uh, lowest yards per route run in the NFL. He's had like the most snaps on passing downs for the Colts. But still has done nothing. So, to me, the Titans have to stop Michael Pittman. Christian Fulton has had some good moments against Pittman. But the reality is, last year he had pretty good games against the Titans. He had a game of 80 yards and two touchdowns. Had a game of six catches for 68 yards. Now, that was the game where you have the highlight of Christian Fulton getting to him over the middle of the field, but Christian Fulton may not be a number one top-tier elite all-pro lockdown corner, but he's still the best corner that the Titans have right now, despite me saying Roger McCreary last week when I had a momentary lapse of judgment. Christian Fulton has to find a way to slow down Michael Pittman, and the way the Titans slowed down Devontae Adams last week I don't think that they got to do that because you don't have a guy like Darren Waller out there as well who you're also worried about. So I thought the Titans would go man coverage and shadow Adams and Waller. But what they did was they just went to cover two and still shadowed them in their own way. And you could check out Rewatch Wednesday where I break down exactly what the game plan was against the Raiders offense. Well, in this game, 
There is no Darren Waller. So what you can do is you can have Amani Hooker and hopefully Amani Hooker plays. He was a DNP for the first two days of practice, but let's hope that he plays. You can have Christian Fulton one-on-one in man coverage against Michael Pittman, and you can have Amani Hooker playing over top of him to shadow him. You can have everybody else in man coverage, and then you can have Kevin Byard as a robber over the middle of the field looking to take away the other option other than Michael Pittman. So you basically have Hooker and Fulton shadowing Pittman the entire time and let Kevin Byard help everybody else in man coverage and see if you can take away their other options that don't scare you as much. That has to be the Titans' plan. And if they're in man coverage and they do that, then they'll be able to bring five. They'll be able to bring pressure. They'll be able to do their stunts and games up front. So I'm expecting man coverage with a safety shadow on Michael Pittman. And I think that should give the Titans not only the ability to take away Pittman in the pass game, but also to be better in the run game because if your man blocks, you're coming in there to fit the run game. So I I like that option. The next matchup on defense that I'm watching for is David Long Jr. against Naheem Hines. Naheem Hines has hurt the Titans in previous matchups out of the backfield, especially in the red zone. Naheem Hines finds a way to wiggle free and get into the paint against the Titans. David Long, if if the game plan goes the way I expect with a ton of man coverage, David Long is going to be in man coverage against Naheem Hines on passing downs. He has to find a way to win that battle. Don't let Naheem Hines get short little dump-offs from Matt Ryan and then make plays down the field. Simply cannot allow that to happen. So David Long against Naheem Hines, specifically in the red zone and man coverage, I'm watching for that. Now, again, like I said, I don't know if Amani Hooker is going to play. But I do know that the Colts target their tight ends in a major way in the red zone. We're talking about uh, Mo Alley-Cox and their rookie tight end, Jelani Woods. Now, Jelani Woods basically can't play anywhere outside of the red zone, but he's six foot seven, 250, 260 pounds. Jelani Woods is huge, and that is a matchup nightmare for anybody in the red area. What are the Titans going to do about that? They don't have six foot two, 200 pound Dane Crookshank that was their tight end matchup last year. They don't have Elijah Molden, who's still on IR, who was a, a backup tight end uh, matchup guy last year. Ugo Amadi is probably not going to play in this game as their other nickelback. Um, outside of that, Amani Hooker has been the guy who guards tight ends at times. Lonnie Johnson has done that this year in dime packages. If Hooker can't play, I'm super worried about this game and throw out most of the stuff I said because they're not going to be able to execute a game plan if they don't have both their safeties. That's why Hooker's so important, and that's why he got the money this offseason. But whichever safety the Titans decide to match up against those tight ends in man coverage in the red zone has to win. You can't give easy matchups and easy scoring opportunities to to the Colts' tight ends in the red zone. Titans have been a good red zone team, so they better have a good plan. And I mentioned on Twitter, why not Caleb Farley? Look, we know that Caleb Farley struggles with speed, and he struggles with quick change of direction. Well, Mo Cox and Jelani Woods aren't speed and change of direction guys. They're big physical matchups. What is Caleb Farley's strengths as an athlete? He's long, and he's big. Also, Caleb Farley, according to the coaches, has been struggling mentally with what he's doing in certain zone coverages, what the concept is that they're trying to execute out on the field. Hey, Caleb, play that tight end one-on-one in man coverage. 
And we're talking about dime personnel. When it's obvious passing situations or red zone work, I'm not expecting Caleb Farley to be a nickelback. I'm not expecting Caleb Farley to get in there against the run. Play one-on-one man coverage against a tight end. Where he goes, you go. I know the Titans aren't going to do it, but God, it makes too much sense. Let Caleb Farley be that matchup guy against tight ends. Get some juice out of that first-round squeeze. That's all I'm saying. Some people think I'm crazy. I don't think I'm crazy. I think that would be a good move, especially when you consider that the Titans don't have a lot of physical options to go up against those big tight ends right now available to them. Um, The last thing that I want to talk about is something that I mentioned in our first segment, and it's just about the pool runs. In shotgun, the Colts pinning on the front side, pulling from the back side. That killed the Titans in week one. It got Saquon Barkley huge explosive runs. Zach Cunningham, I would be shocked if he played in this game. He was DMP two straight days with an elbow. That means Dylan Cole, Joe Schobert out there, and the Titans' edge rushers have already struggled mightily in run defense this year. Rashad Weaver, Derek Tuska, who's gone now, Bud Dupree, Danico Autry, Demarcus Walker, I mean, even Ola Daney when he's been out there. The Titans have struggled mightily in run defense on the edges because of those pool plays. What are the Titans going to do to counter that without Elijah Molden, without Ugo Amadi, their two nickelbacks? Now are you asking Roger McCreary to get in there and be a big factor in run defense? I don't know if you want to do that. I think the Titans need to stay in base defense as much as possible with seven front seven members out there, not in nickel. Only do that when it's obvious passing downs, but you've got to keep some heavy personnel on the field, even when the Colts go in shotgun, to make sure that you don't get destroyed in the run game like they did in week one. And honestly, the Raiders ran for five yards per carry. The Titans just got up by two touchdowns, and they had to throw the ball. Otherwise, if it was a a more positive game script for the Raiders, they probably would have run for way over 100 yards. So I am severely concerned about that run defense, but if the Titans can, can bottle that up, oh man. They are in for a good day. But we're going to move forward. We're going to look at the offensive matchups that I am watching for in this game. Before we get into it, I want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first to listen every day. As for your second listen, check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. They're covering all the big topics from an NF- from a national angle. You got Brian Peacock, an NFL analyst. Matt Williamson, former NFL scout, is free and available on all platforms Monday through Friday. Make sure you check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast. Titans fans, let's cap off this game preview edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. We went through my game plan notes on offense and defense to start. Then we got into my matchups to watch on defense. Now I want to get into my matchups to watch on offense. And I'm going to start with the interior offensive line. And I'm looking at Aaron Brewer again. The reality here is Aaron Brewer, one of the smallest offensive linemen in the NFL. Grover Stewart is one of the most underrated interior defensive linemen in the league, period. He gives the Titans fits. When they play every year. Not only that, but DeForest Buckner. Now, Buckner was limited 
on practice in practice on Thursday. I think he plays. Um, can Aaron Brewer hold up against DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart in not only the run game, but in pass protection? Last week, the Titans really got the run game going. It was because the interior trio of Nate Davis, Ben Jones, and Aaron Brewer got push in the run game and had good games. If the Titans want to get the run game going in this one, Aaron Brewer has to have a good game in those matchups, and I am severely worried about it. So that's what I'm watching for. Number one is how those interior defensive linemen of the Colts do against the interior offensive linemen of the Titans. Looking at Aaron Brewer specifically, I have more faith in Ben Jones and Nate Davis. But if Aaron Brewer also can hold up his end of the bargain, again, a good day for the Titans coming. I'm also looking at Tory Carter against the linebacker group of the Colts. So you got Bobby Okariki. It looks like Shaq Leonard should be back this week based on what he said. I don't know. You could look at his quotes and feel, you know, one way or the other. But wouldn't it just be the odds that Shaq Leonard misses the first three weeks of the season and come back against the Titans? Either way, schematically speaking, when the Titans play the Colts, they use a lot of fullback because the Colts, unlike a lot of other teams who like to stack the line of scrimmage with five or six people, the Colts don't do that. What the Colts like to do is the Colts have four down linemen and then they bring four players to the second level because they believe that their second level players are fast enough to get to the hole before the Titans' climbing offensive linemen can get to them. And a lot of the time, they are right. So, if your linemen, because there's a lot of speed at the second level, don't have the ability to get up to the second level and get their blocks in, you need a fullback who has more athleticism who can meet those linebackers in the hole when they try to aggressively go through and penetrate. The offensive lineman's not going to be quick enough to pick up that blitzing linebacker or quick enough to get in front of Shaq Leonard as he's flowing to the to the ball. You know who is quick enough to meet the linebacker in the hole? The fullback. So Torrey Carter against the linebackers of the Colts will be a big matchup to watch. I thought Torrey Carter was a lot better last week against the Raiders than he had been earlier this year. But a lot of that, in my opinion, had to do with Todd Downing calling the right runs to put Torrey Carter in a situation where he can succeed. Calling those toss sweeps with a fullback never made sense anyway, and it made Torrey Carter look worse than he actually is. Uh, outside of that, looking at Ryan Tannehill against that safety group again. I believe they got uh, Nick Cross, like I said, from Maryland starting uh, without Julian Blackman. They're going to be playing a backup safety. When Ryan Tannehill is intercepted, when Ryan Tannehill makes turnovers, it's usually safeties reading his eyes because he stares down his player. Ryan Tannehill has to manipulate these young safeties with his eyes. He has to. To open other opportunities in other spots. Look off a safety deep before coming down to the dig route or the, or, or the intermediate curl. Look at the curl. Look to the left before you go right. Look off these safeties. Confuse these young safeties with your eyes. Not really Ryan Tannehill's game, but if he does it and he takes advantage, the Titans could make some explosive plays in the pass game, which come full circle at the beginning of the show. That's exactly what I said they needed to do. And the way that they do it is Ryan Tannehill manipulating young players with his eyes, create openings for explosive plays with Burks and Woods. Moving forward, outside of that, speaking of 
Traylon Burks. Last year, in the final game against the Colts, he who must not be named had 10 catches for 155 yards and a big touchdown when the Titans were down 14 to nothing. There's no other way to put it. The Titans need somebody to create those explosive plays and just make a play. Make a big play in a big moment. And for better or for worse, Traylon Burks was drafted to replace he who must not be named. He is here to replace Redacted. So, he's got to do it. These are the moments. Big games, division rivals. This is going to be a close game. What's going to separate them? A big play from Traylon Burks. So, with that in mind, those are my matchups to watch. Those are the players that I'm watching for. Those are my game plan points. Just to slam it home, like I said on Crossover Thursday, my prediction in this game is 21-20 to 20 Titans. I think the Titans find a way to win this game. I think Mike Vrabel is a better coach. I think that the Titans have a more explosive passing offense. Air out the ball. Throw the ball. Stop their run game. You throw the ball and throw the ball to set up the run. Throw the ball to set up the run. Let the Colts do it the other way around. I think the Titans... I think the Titans are going to win a close one. But guys, just a couple of things going right. I think there's a chance the Titans win big. So, I think the Titans win this game. You guys always want me to be so positive and optimistic and fill y'all with hopium. Well, here you go. I think the Titans win. And I think that there's a better chance that the Titans blow out the Colts than there are that the Titans lose by more than three points. Period. So, that's how I see it. Those are my key matchups. Those are my game plan notes. I am going to drop a special uh, player matchup, little quick video tomorrow to kind of sum up my thoughts on that as well. Make sure you guys check that out on Twitter. But if I don't see you then, I'll see you guys on Sunday directly after the game finishes when I go live to break down everything that took place in this division rival. But... All I got to say before I go is FTC. If you know, you know. That's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowan, and this was Locked on Titan.